This is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for joining us in worship today. We praise God for you and however you're listening. We pray the message you receive will allow you to strengthen your relationship in Christ and build his kingdom as we seek God, shape lives, and serve the world. To all of the officers, the deacons, the trustees, the members of the first historic First African Baptist Church, to those that are gathered in the sanctuary, this wonderful family who's just blessed us in song this morning, to deacon, to the musician, to uh, the eminent and efficient pastor, happy Resurrection Day to all of us. I'm thankful to God for this opportunity. And not to hold you too long this morning, I am thankful to Pastor Tillman for inviting me to come and share uh, early this morning. Amen. Amen. That passage of Scripture that was read to you from Luke chapter 24, just one verse I want to lift up again for uh, your hearing. Luke chapter 24 and verse number one, it says, on the first day of the week, very early In the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. Can you imagine what it was like on that first Easter Sunday morning? It might have been a morning just like this morning. Can you see it there Friday, according to the book, had been dark and gloomy. Their Saturday, according to the Bible, had been silent and solitary. And now their Sunday was a march to a makeshift morgue. Can you imagine it, my brothers and my sisters? They didn't have fresh haircuts or hairdos. On that first Easter morning, they didn't get up and put on new outfits or freshly pressed clothes. There were no disciples wearing clerical vestments, and there were no ushers with name tags and white gloves at the doors. There were no lilies in the sanctuaries. There there was no gathering of great crowds on the pews with gleaming like fours like in this beautiful sanctuary. There was no band playing. There was no choir singing. There were no children dancing. There were no people praising on that first Easter Sunday morning. Instead, on that first Easter Sunday morning, there were some sad sisters in route to delicately dress a decaying body. On that first Easter Sunday morning, there was no preacher proclaiming, this is the day that the Lord has made. On that first Easter Sunday morning, there was no singing that he lives. Instead, they were simply thinking about how he died. There was no joy, only pain. There was no hope, only hurt. There was no gratefulness, only grief. There was no laughter, only loneliness. There was no happiness. There were only heavy hearts. But maybe in some ways we can understand how they felt on that first Resurrection Sunday more than 2,000 years ago because this year there are no Easter egg hunts and pageants. This year, there are no Sunday school programs and children's recitations. This year, there are no plays and no fashion fashion shows. This year, there are simply a few believers gathered together wondering what will tomorrow bring. 
But yet, when they got to the cemetery, they saw what they had never seen before. The Bible says when they got to the graveyard, they were greatly surprised. I want to suggest to you this morning, my brothers and my sisters, that this year it seems like we're on the same road as those sisters. It seems, my beloved, as if it's a road to depression, a road to devastation, a road to destruction, a road to decimation. But I want to suggest to you this morning, God can and will change our destination to resurrection if we simply believe. It seems, my brothers and my sisters, in this nation, we're on a path to frustration and consternation and in even annihilation, but God can and will change our direction to affirmation and consecration and liberation if we only believe. On Resurrection Sunday, my brothers and my sisters, we ought to remember God is in the business of exceeding our expectations. Our text says in the first verse of chapter number 24 that, that, that they went to the sepulcher or the tomb, if you will, bringing spices that they had prepared earlier. The Bible is essentially trying to remind us that they were prepared to see a dead Jesus. The spices they were bringing were to embalm and preserve a decaying body. They came to embalm, but instead, somehow they got empowered. In our lives, resurrection ought to remind us God has the power to exceed our expectations and our preparations. When conventional wisdom says, expect illness, the resurrection says, remember, he can heal you. When common sense says, expect weakness, the Bible reminds us of God's power. When the world says expect poverty, the resurrection reminds us of God's prosperity. There's the testimony of a couple in Cana of Galilee who says he can take my water and turn it into wine. Little boy can remind us he can take my happy meal and feed thousands. There's the testimony of a glad father. He can take my little faith and heal my sick child. There's the testimony of a sister at a well. He can take my messed up past and turn it into a glorious future. Somebody all this morning that God can exceed my expectations. God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I can ask or even think. God exceeds my expectations. But resurrection ought to also remind us this morning, my beloved, that God can enlighten even our meditations. For the text says, when these sisters entered this empty tomb, two men in shining garments said, why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Verse number six says, remember. Somebody, if I were preaching, would, would say with me, remember how he spoke unto you while he was yet in Galilee. The text says, remember what he said. Remember what he told you. Remember what he spoke. 
my brothers and my sisters, resurrection is just not about God exceeding our expectations, but it's about God enlightening our minds. It's about God opening up our thoughts. It's about God expanding our understanding. When we can meditate on God's word and ponder God's pronouncements and contemplate God's commandments, we get staying strength in the midst of our storms. We get power in the midst of our predicaments. We get hope on the highways of this life. We, get, we, we find his words that will help us in the midst of our heartbreak. For he said, these words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The psalmist says, his words make us like trees planted by the rivers of water. Peter says, Jesus, you've got the words of eternal life. The psalmist says his words are a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. The Hebrew writer says his word is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to divide between the soul and the spirit. I just wonder when are we going to stop listening to what other people say about us and start listening to what God says to us. The word he gave is able to build our faith. The word he gave is able to eradicate our fear. The word he gave is able to help us feel our purpose in life. He says, you are the light of the world. He says, you are the salt of the earth. He says, you are the head and not the tail. He says, I give you power to be my witnesses all over the world. He says, you are a chosen generation. You've been called out of darkness into the marvelous light. He says you are God's workmanship, but you've got to know what he says about you. You gotta know he wants to eradicate your fear. You've gotta know he wants to enlighten your meditations. You've gotta know he wants to exceed your expectations. But finally, you've gotta know that in the midst of it all, there will be those who have reservations about your qualifications to tell the story. The text says in verse number nine, and they returned from the sepulcher and they told all these things unto the 11 and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women that were with them which told these things unto the apostles and their words, somebody ought to say their words, their words seemed as idle tales and they believed them not. My brothers and my sisters, they, they thought that they were telling tales. They thought that they were making things up. They did not believe what these sisters we're sharing. Can I tell you that on the road to resurrection, there will always be people who doubt and dispute your observations. They often doubt and dispute what you are saying because of your qualifications, because of your limitations, because of their own reservations. But in this life, I want you to understand you can't worry about that aggravation, agitation, or defamation. Just remind yourself that Jesus bled for your salvation was sacrificed for your justification, sent the Holy Spirit for your sanctification, and makes you a candidate for his elevation. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men 
unto me. Jesus said, if you destroy this temple, I'll build it back in three days. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. I'm so glad this morning evil couldn't silence him. I'm glad this morning pain couldn't muzzle him. Death couldn't stop him. The grave couldn't hold him. Satan couldn't defeat him. And because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. On Resurrection Sunday morning, we ought to remember Jesus is always exceeding our expectations. On Resurrection Sunday morning, we ought to remember that Jesus is always enlightening and opening our minds. And on Resurrection Sunday morning, we ought to always remember that even in the midst of all of our lack of qualifications, Jesus is still about our elevation. On Resurrection Sunday morning, do you know the one that can lift you? On Resurrection Sunday morning, do you know the one that can heal you? On Resurrection Sunday morning, do you know the one that can prosper you? But most of all, on Resurrection Sunday morning, do you know the one that can save you? He said, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. This morning, you shall be saved. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but there's somebody who's watching a computer screen. There's somebody who's on their phone this morning. There's somebody who's been doubted. There's somebody who's been hurt. There's somebody who feels lonely. There's somebody who feels left out. There's somebody who doesn't know that they belong. I want to let you know this morning that Jesus is standing at the door of your heart right now. And the Bible says he's knocking. And if you just open up the door, he'll come in and he'll sup with you. He'll come in and he'll fellowship with you. He'll come in and he'll welcome you into the arms of God. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear can be gone. Because he lives. And so this morning, wherever you are, this morning, whatever you're doing, this morning, whatever you're going through, if you'll simply accept Jesus Christ, as Lord and Savior, He will save you and raise you. The door of the church is open now, wherever you are, wherever you are, wherever you are. If you are watching this morning on Facebook Live, all you have to do is send a message this morning. 
just send a message and let the First African Baptist Church know that, that you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Somebody's monitoring the, the line right now. Somebody's watching right now. Somebody's waiting on you wherever you are right now. They want you to know that, that, that they, they want you to be a part of the family of God. They want you to know this morning that, that they want to accept you with welcome arms. They, they want you to know this morning that, that they want you to be a part of something greater than any one of us individually. They want you to be a part of the family and the household of faith. So if you're watching right now, just send a message. You, you, you're watching right now, you can call the church. You're watching right now, you can just, just let someone know, I, I accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Or you can say today, I, I already have Jesus as my Lord and my Savior, but, but I need a church home. I, I need a family where people will love me and care for me and disciple me and help me to grow. If that's you this morning, just send a message right now. Just type in, I want to be saved and I want to be a member of FABC. Just, just let somebody know right now. Just type that message. Just make that phone call. I promise you if you do that, someone will respond to you and let you know they're excited to welcome you into the family of God. But finally, perhaps you're, you're there this morning and you're watching and you're saying, I'm already, I've already accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. You're saying, I'm already a member of, of the First African Baptist Church family or another church, but this morning I need prayer. This morning I want to recommit to that Jesus who is our risen Lord and Savior. If you want that this morning, just type that message in right now. Somebody will be praying for you and somebody will be praying with you. We just believe there's power when the people of God get together to pray. And so if you're willing this morning, just type those words in and someone will pray with you. Because he lives, amen. Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website, firstafricanbc.com. You may also contribute through an app called Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us.